Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo, welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast, the podcast for fans, by fans, like me, I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Once again, I am joined tonight by my buddy from another muddy, Mr. Super Salad, Steve Knox, on the Twitter bird, at the Knox says, this is episode 66, Soup. What'd it be? We're here. Had bye week for the Vikings, so... I don't have to worry about missing the pick on them. Bye, and watch them go. Again this week. Jesus. Ooh. Yucky, yucky, yucky. Bad beat, right? We will be getting to the pick'em in just a little bit. But first, we started it last week. Let's take a look at the updated playoff picture. Powerhouse, yeah, they building up the dream scene. Sleeper teams keep trucking. Watch out for the six Playoff picture clearing up. Unlike Steven's eyes. Can, say, can we can we get a uh, a drop for that? All right, updated playoff standings as we speak. We do have a little bit of shuffle in the seeding. Patriots are the one seed still at nine and one. Ravens at eight and two are the two seed. The Chiefs move up to the three seed at seven and four with a nice win over the Chargers. The fourth seed is the Colts. Fifth seed, the Buffalo Bills at seven and three. The sixth seed is now the Houston Texans at six and four. The Raiders, Steelers, and Titans technically still in the hunt in the AFC. One team has officially been eliminated from the playoffs. The 0-10 Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> their season rest in peace. It's, it's still hilarious that they could have been seven and nine, win those last seven games, and still squeak into the playoffs somehow. Oof. Not going to happen in the a- uh, the NFC this, this year, that's for sure. No, the NFC is looking a lot different. The Niners still the one seed, 9-1. and one. Packers are 8-2, and two, the second seed. The Saints, 8-2, third seed. The NFC least leading Cowboys are 6-4 and four at the four seed. Then the two wild cards, fifth seed of the Seahawks, currently 8-2. Vikings, 8-3 are the sixth seed that win... Last week over the Broncos was huge for the Vikings holding on to a playoff spot. Gigantimous even. Because even if they lose again to the Packers when they meet, they're still putting themselves in great position for at least a wild card, which at this point would be at the Saints. Cowboys would host the Seahawks. AFC, the Bills would go to the Colts, and the Texans would go to the Chiefs. 
But man, the NFC looks tough this year. It's not going to be easy. I think we said easy, a preseason sure. too. Yeah, it's not going to be easy if if you know for whoever's in there. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there's still going to be somebody that ends up winning ten games this year. They're not going to get in. I mean, technically, the Rams, Eagles, and Panthers are all in the hunt still. The Rams barely got by the uh, the Chicago Bears. I said it last week. Those guys are going to tumble in the seedings. The Eagles, 5-5, five and five, and they have a favorable schedule down the run. Uh, down the run. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Road the down. They have a favorable... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they have a <laughs> they, shot. They have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to look. Yeah. Ooh, I'll just ask you this. Out of the AFC and the NFC teams that are currently not in the playoffs, who would you pick as your sleeper pick to you know, make a run and jump in? Out of, let's just say, Raiders, Steelers, Titans, Rams, Eagles, Panthers. Uh, I guess the Raiders. I think Mason Rudolph said good, right? Yeah, Mason Rudolph said too many things go wrong with his coconut this year, so <laughs> I don't think Locke's going to be on their side. Um, I did like the Titans early on, but uh, they just can't seem to figure out, you know, how to win week to week. So, and Ryan Tannehill's not going to lead you anywhere. Uh, it, probably not. Presumably not. I don't know. They just, yeah, they just don't seem like they have the weapons or like a super. You know, serious defense. Uh, you kind of need one or the other to carry you to at least get to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I honestly, the Raiders' defense, I think, might be why I think they could make a run. You know, you hear the old adage, defense wins championships, but look at some of these teams that are leading, you know, leading the conferences right now, and they have some of the best defenses in the league. So, but yeah, I would suspect. Gruden could somehow, you know, pull a corona out of his sleeve or something and get himself into the playoffs. <laughs> How fun would that be? <laughs> we could get a spider two a banana touchdown to win a wild card game. Oh my gosh. Head would come off. After all the shit that they've been through this year too, if they actually made the playoffs, I would like it would blow my mind guy. <laughs> blow my mind guy. The reason we are bringing this up because this week, there are a lot of implications going on here. We're going to be rooting for some teams we probably normally wouldn't root for. Uh, you know, Steve, in your case, you're sitting here in the bye week, and you know, part of me thinks the Vikings are going to look at this Seahawks at the Eagles matchup, and at this point, you're probably rooting for the Eagles to beat the Seahawks, right? That would drop them to 8-3. and three. Yeah, I, it's... And then your game against them the following week... Yeah, it's super duper important. Um, could jump seeds. I mean, if you could that, go that, from the second to anywhere to the fifth seed after that. It would be nice to have at least the fifth seed because it, it would appear, you know, as it were right now, um, you know, you'd be playing the NFC East champion right? if you're the five Ooh, seed. You'd so you both of them, right? Yes, so that would be awesome. <laughs> but would you rather play at the Eagles, the cow, or the Cowboys, or would you rather go at 
the Saints in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at the Niners or the pa- the Packers. Like those are teams that, as far as like the first week of the playoffs, yeah, not teams I want to be playing. So as of right now, we're looking trying to find that five seed. Maybe in a few weeks we can have an opportunity uh, when we play the Packers again to maybe get in the you know discussion of being that that two or three seed. And then Eagles fans, this is going to be a really hard week for us because the Patriots are playing the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> as much as we hate the Patriots around here, we really need Dallas to rack up some losses. So. We're all going to be Patriots fans this week. You know, as much as we would like the Patriots to lose, it's doesn't help your case. <laughs> it's pretty dire to our playoff chances that the Cowboys lose because right now the Eagles are still currently up two games on common opponents with the Actually, I think they're only up one cuz they beat the Lions, didn't they? So the Eagles still have a slim one game margin on common opponents for a potential tiebreaker. So we really need the Cowboys to lose. They win, then we're tied in common opponents, and then it goes to whatever the damn next one is, like punts yeah. inside the 20 or whatever made up stat <laughs> they go for next. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw a lot of Cowboys fans talking shit uh, this week, saying, oh, the Patriots could only beat the Eagles by a touchdown when we blew them out earlier in the season. It's like, can't wait for next week. I was like, all right, well, I hope the Patriots put those guys in their place because I love to watch them fucking crawl into a hole real quick after they're talking shit the week before. By the way, you beat the Detroit Lions by eight with their backup quarterback in. So not exactly, you know, stellar performance from them. And they played down. They lost to the goddamn Jets. All right, and then for the rest of the NFC, very interesting matchup that was flexed into Sunday Night Football, the Niners hosting the Packers. Man, Vikings, you got to be big 49er fans in this one. I mean, yeah, that would give you a, a tie with the Packers. They'd still hold the tiebreaker, which is head-to-head, but you have a chance to negate that later on in the year. Just keeping pace with them would be pivotal to gain a game on your bye week. Let the Niners go ten and one and hold that one seed for now. They got yep. some tough games coming up too. Yeah, they're. I mean, the Niners are a team that, as it is right now, they look like they're out of your reach. Um, you're not going to see them unless you end up playing some at some point in the uh, playoffs. So, like, I don't yeah. see the Niners hold holding to that one seed. I mean. Should they beat the Packers, they would be 10-1. and one. Then they have to go to the Ravens, go to the Saints, at a suddenly surging Falcons, Rams, and then end the season with the Seahawks. Yeah, tough road ahead, and Boy. They're, they're getting a little banged up, too. It's kind of a, I don't know, should be interesting going the rest of the way, but yeah, like you and said... Even even the Niners are rooting for the Eagles this week because they would like to put some distance between them and the Seahawks, hoping that that Week 17 game doesn't you know, decide, mean the as, yeah, yeah. decide the division. But 
you got to think San Francisco is nine and one right now. And then their next four games, Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons. Well, this is, you know, if they come out of that flawless, it will be one of the greatest runs <laughs> we've seen in a while. Yeah, they're, um, it's San Francisco's defense has really been, you know, <laughs> the big, uh, the big difference for them so far this year because it just seems like every other week they're losing, you know, another guy for three, four weeks. And it's just, um, so their offense has been beat up. They've still performed pretty well, uh, even fighting through some of these injuries, but it takes away a lot of the, you know, their go-to plays for, for Kyle Shanahan. But yeah, the, like I said, the defense, uh, only given up 15 and a half points a game. Hmm. So, I don't know. They're they're looking like a you know, I, I guess just the d- defense is looking consistent, but you know, they had weeks where I think how many weeks ago it was they played Carolina and put up like 51. Yeah. So they have, you know, the opportunity to go out there and put up some big numbers, but I don't know. After losing, you know, their only losses to the Seahawks in that overtime game a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, they have a strong schedule ahead of them. But, again, to me, they look like a team that could, you know, come out of the, that stretch these last six games, five and one, uh, just because that defense is going to be able to carry them. All right, let's looking at the playoff picture. Let's get into those games that are going to matter for us this week then because the Eagles need this one pretty desperately. This has got to be one of those we got to have games. Like They need to go into this game with the mentality, we have to win this, kind of like Green Bay earlier in the year where you know your season's on the line. If you lose this, you're in a lot of trouble. This is an NFC opponent, which makes one of the tiebreakers very important. One of the tiebreaking categories, I believe, is conference opponent record. So, gotta have this game. That's why the Patriots game, while it sucks we lost, wouldn't hurt that much. But the Eagles offense is going to be the story going into this game. It's going to be what we look at. Carson Wentz and his lack of weapons. It's going to be a week of how can Doug scheme these guys up. Because you're not playing the Patriots' defense. Seattle's defense is far less talented than the Patriots. They're no slouch, but they can be had. Lots of teams have you know, gained you know, decent yardage against them all year. They've, been, they've had points put up on them. So I believe the Eagles' offense can be better if we get Jordan Howard back, if Alshon's able to come back. Just those two guys on the field will make a difference. The Eagles are going to have to put up points in this game. We'll get to the pick them here in a little bit. But the current over-under is 49. That's that's assuming the Eagles score, what, like 28 points? Yeah. That's four touchdowns. I'd love to see the Eagles score four touchdowns in this game. If the offense... I mean, that first couple drives against the Patriots, you're like, Wow. These guys coming off the bye, ready to play football. They've got their act together. That was, 
like vintage what we expect of this offense. It's just clicking, it's moving, you know, and then pieces fall off and the wagon disintegrates into nothing for the next 25 minutes of game time. Abysmal offense is going to have to find that spark. And if it's between Howard and Sanders and then the two tight ends, and maybe Jeffrey can show you something, you know, playing dinged up. Maybe they find a way to use Ajayi in this too and have a three-headed monster. Nobody will see it coming. Nobody will know how to handle it. It'd be a pretty cool package if Carson's under center and he's got all three of those guys behind him. <laughs> like, what the hell do you do now? That's the old uh, Green Bay full house they used to run. Yeah. Um, you have two tight ends running the routes and then you have two backs out of the backfield. That's some like, Bill Walsh college football shit. Right. Um, I just think that the big matchup in this game for me is uh, Seattle trying to run the ball versus the Eagles defense. Because Seattle right now, they run for 133 yards a game. Jesus. So a very important... committed. Yeah. Very important part of their offense is have success running the ball and then let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson out on the edge. So if they can shut down that uh that rushing attack or even, you know, maybe score early on offense, get themselves a two-score lead, something like that, and take that running game, uh, take it right out of the game. Don't allow them to move the ball while they're trying to run the ball. That's going to make the biggest difference, I think, to me. Because, like you said, you know, Seattle's defense... 25 points a game they're giving up, uh, allowing almost 400 yards a game. There's potential there for you to go and uh, have some success on offense. So, again, just you got to be consistent and trust on and Doug. Yeah. yeah, be consistent on offense. Get your hands on the ball for goddamn sake. Like, <laughs> just catch one of these receivers when Carson, catch something. You know, yeah, when Carson throws the ball. You got to get your hands on it. You got to secure it. Because that's, you know, if they're going to have these drops, you're going to have 18 targets again this week that guys aren't hauling in. Then it's probably not going to be a great week for, for the Eagles. But yeah, if they can be consistent on offense, slow down the run, you know, don't let Russell Wilson get too crazy on you. And that sounds like weird. a lot, but <laughs> that's a recipe for success. That's that's one of the things that kind of scares me in this game is Russell Wilson is a notorious ego killer. He's up there with the likes of Larry Fitzgerald. It's just something about whenever he plays this team, he is one of the perfect quarterbacks to defeat the Eagles defense because what the Eagles defense struggle at, defending the deep ball, Russell Wilson is a master at extending plays and just scramble drill, finding somebody deep. He did it probably the last three years against the Eagles. There's always that Tyler Lockett friggin' bomb because he, you know, they get pressure on him. He slips out, gets to the left, gets to the right, whatever it may be, and he hucks it downfield 80 yards in the air, something ridiculous, and it's there. And that stab of death into the heart of Eagles fans everywhere 
just happens way too often when Russell Wilson is on the field. So we have yeah. to be scared of Russell Wilson. We I have to respect him. him too. And I this past week, the Eagles against the Patriots, they ran a lot of dime. They had two safeties and four corners on the field. Like they're probably not going to do that too much against Seattle because of how much they run the ball. You're going to want those linebackers on the field. But if, you know, by some chance they can get some sort of a lead in this game and force Seattle to abandon the run and they can get those guys on the field and they can play two safeties deep and you don't have to worry about these guys getting burned deep, I don't know, maybe, I mean, the Eagles' defense, we gave them crap against the Bills and who's the other crappy team they played? Oh, the Bears. Again, Mitchie football and Josh Allen and the elements in that game. We weren't really sure what the Eagles' defense was going to look like against the Patriots, a team that, you know, they're not the best offense. They're struggling this year. They're not what they're used to, but they're you held Tom Brady and the Patriots to 17 points. The defense played well against a good team, I guess is what I'm getting at, which we were wondering, could they do? Now they have another test against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Can they do it again? Can Mills and Darby play at a decent level? Avante Maddox was all over the field. The secondary is going to decide this game for the Eagles. Late pick, late fumble, sack fumble, something from the defense is going to have to happen to secure this game. And if you want my bold prediction, which last week it was Jordan Matthews who catched the first touchdown in the game, that didn't happen. So I'm going to go even bolder this week, and I'm going to say the Eagles' leading wide receiver this week, five catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Now you're just being crazy. (laughs) Piece of candy in your pocket. Uh, I think uh, even when you look back at what Seattle has done so far this year, the teams that they've lost against were the Saints and the Ravens, who both have really good defenses. But like even in that Ravens game, Seattle still ran for 106 yards. So, Jesus, tough to break that that uh, run game down for for Seattle. But they got to find a way to do it. And like you said, you know, not just pressure Russell Wilson, but put him on the ground, even if it's not a sack. You know, they got to get that pressure, um, you know, get it in the back of his head that, you know, guys are coming, they're they're going to be there. You get them thinking a little bit, get some happy feet, make some bad throws, like you said, big pick late, maybe force a fumble. Yeah, but somebody on the Eagles team needs to step up this week and be the difference maker. Pretty please with a cherry on top. Yes, please. We need this victory. But this game was originally supposed to be the Sunday night game. It has been flexed to 1 o'clock because nobody wants to watch the Eagles receivers anymore. And instead, we're going to get the Packers at the Niners in primetime. The battle of the top two teams in the NFC. The Cheeseheads going to the Gold Diggers. Broke, broke. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, you see what 
Kanye wants to change his name to? Oh, God. No. Christian billionaire Jesus or genius. <laughs> CBG. <laughs> Holy cow. He's a cuckabug dog who cobwebs crazy pants. Anyways, the Niners are going to host the Packers in Sunday Night Football. This is going to be a hell of a game. When I was trying to get ready for this episode, I was thinking to myself, like, the Niners offense, Packers offense. Both pretty decent offenses that can score, you know, the flick of a penis. And then I said, well, the Packers defense is pretty good. So is the Niners. So when you look at this game, so you think this is going to be an offensive struggle or a defensive struggle? Um, it's weird because I think you, it, it could be a offensive struggle. And I guess if you just go by the stats of the season so far, then I would expect, uh, uh, San Francisco's defense to give the Packers offense some fits. I, I said it before when we were talking about the playoff picture, San Francisco giving up 15 and a half points. Typically, if you can hold Aaron Rodgers to just two touchdowns like or hold that team to 14 points, then you stand a pretty good chance because the way that Green Bay's defense has been playing is uh, they're struggling in the secondary, a lot like the Vikings. Like That's where you attack that team uh, as far as their defense is concerned. So I don't know. <laughs> They have some speedy guys, but they have some guys that are banged up too. So it, it could get real interesting because I know you said Green Bay's defense is pretty good, and they have been so far this year. But they're giving up 402 yards a game. I think the number's a little skewed, though, with the way you have to, I guess, for me, I take into account how they play. There's been some games where they've gotten up big and they just play this kind of relaxed, bend-but-don't-break defense towards the end. And I think they, is the word, secede a lot of yards, knowing that they can keep them, you know, out of the end zone, basically. You meant concede. Concede. Jesus. Secede would be like if they... Break off from the country. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I would say you could make that argument about garbage time, but that's like normally in the pass game, right? They give up 275 yards passing, mm-hmm. 127 yards running. So, well, we've known that. Their run defense was something to be attacked, but... Up the middle, yeah. Up the middle. I mean, the Eagles ran all over them. Somebody else ran all over them. Even the Niners are running for 150 yards a game. That's crazy. I think the key in this game, this is going to be my key right here, is going to be the defensive backs of Green Bay versus Jimmy Garoppolo because the Niners are 9-1, and But Jimmy G turns the ball over a lot. He throws a lot of bad interceptions. 
And the we've seen the Packers DBs. They are above average in taking those balls to the house. This could be a game where the Packers really flip the momentum like right after a touchdown. Jimmy G throws a pick six and a, like a 14-point swing. That could be the difference in this game. Yeah, I think um, if you're San Francisco and you're thinking defensively, you're looking to shut down Aaron Jones. Um, it might have been the last two, three, four weeks before the bye week for the Packers where it just seems like he's gone off uh, in every single game. So for for me, the as stout as San Francisco's defense has been as far as giving up points, they do allow 110 yards a game on the ground. So it's going to be tough for them to to kind of corral him, um, especially even bring in what Jamal Williams. Those those guys as a tandem have been pretty good so far this year. So Green Bay is going to look probably to you know set up that run. Give Rodgers some time, take away some of these pass rushers that San Francisco has, and you know, give him the ability to look down the field and find guys open. But again, San Francisco secondary is pretty good. Guy named Richard Sherman over there. I don't know if you ever heard of him before. Uh, sounds like a mailman. Yeah, he's pretty okay. But yeah, I don't know. This is going to be a really fun game to watch. I feel like I hope it turns out to be that way. I'd like to just see a back and forth game. You know where. We'll get to the the pick them in a little bit, but I'd like to see San Francisco squeak this one out at the end. I don't know. I think it would make for very fun podcasting if the 49ers just laid an egg. Like, the Green Bay just comes out and mollywops them. Why is that good for podcasting? Because then we get to talk about which of the other teams is going to take that one seed because... <laughs> At that point, if they go think, if they go ten and one, they're pretty much going to have a pretty s- smooth sailing to the one seed. With all the other teams having well, three mean, losses, e- even if even if they win, uh, <laughs> you say three losses, assuming that the Eagles are going to beat the the Seahawks this week. Well, I mean, like, the if, Packers if both, and Vikings both would yeah. have three. But, like, San Francisco is still fighting for their division life, you know, with the Seahawks nipping on their heels. Um, so, you know, they they can't really afford to lose a game where they've already lost to the Seahawks and they have to play them again week 17, so. Jesus, at the end of this week, the Seahawks could be the one seed. Yep. Just like that. <laughs> Damn. That's so crazy. Like, I, I never thought we'd reach a week. Uh, in the season this year that I was rooting for rooting for you and rooting against Steven. I mean, I always root against Steven, but like, it's like, that would be a dream scenario is if those two teams, you know, the Eagles sneak out a win against the Seahawks and then uh, San Francisco beats Green Bay. It's like I'm rooting against or rooting for the NFC West. It's a crazy time of year as far as the fandom goes. Yep, you're looking at that's kind of why I wanted to bring up that playoff thing last week and I know you guys said it felt a little early but I wanted to get our toes in the water because this week this is a big one. I mean 
you're a lot of these are potential playoff games so you're getting a chance to get the tape on the other guys you're getting to see how you know you react to a big game for some of your young guys so this is going to be a lot of fun if you don't watch the Eagles game the rest of the slate of games should be pretty fun to close out uh close out this Green Bay and San Francisco game um Steven's not here to give a bowl prediction, so I'm going to give a bowl prediction. And it's pretty crazy. But in this game, Devontae Adams will catch his first touchdown of the year. Week 12. What? That's crazy. Poor guy. Love you, Teebs. Hell, Matt Breida only has one rushing touchdown so far this year. He's missed some time, too. He's got 57 less yards than Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones has 11 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> and Matt Breida has done that in 26 less carries. Jesus. Well, I wish Steven was here because he could tell you about how miserable it is to watch a football game with me. <laughs> I think three times he told me, Jesus, calm down. <laughs> like, nope, that's it. It's over. Look, we're done. Goodbye. Cut his hands off. You might as well. He doesn't know how to use them. Fuck That's kind of how it went with the, the Eagles and Vikings game this year, though. They threw that one play action pass to Diggs, and you were like, just run it every time. Game's over. Bye. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> and true. they did. They ran it a couple more times. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Uh-oh. Did, did, did you poop your pants? Nope. But it's time to get to the pick'em. Hey, pick'em, that's the name of the game. Snatching winners every week like a turnover chain. Uh, picking spreads over under long shots. Ha! You know we got it because our bank rolls on top. Week 11 recap. Week 12 pick'em coming up. As we look back to the Thursday night game, we talked about it on episode 65 with that nasty end of the game. Browns were favored, minus three, 41 over under. If you had Browns and you had under, you were a winner, which none of us did. But I, myself, Steve, both took the Browns, so we get the point. Steven and the public will take a point for the under. Broncos at Vikings. Vikings were the 10.5 point favorite. Over-under was 40. If you had Broncos over, you were the winner, which was Steven for the three-point play. I had the Broncos covering, and Steve had Vikings under and didn't get a single point. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Yeah, because I basically figured that what the second half of the game was, 27-3 to Minnesota, I thought that was going to be like final score. <laughs> so the public will take the over point on that one Patriots at Eagles Patriots three and a half point road favorite 40 over under I got nothing Patriots under was the public Jesus figure this out Sean <laughs> Patriots in the, the under yeah the public got the three correct. point play and you and Steven got a point for the Patriots and the pandering to Sean's wife game of the week the Saints at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Saints five and a half point favorites. 
They do cover. 49.5 was the over-under. They do hit the over. Saints over. Bonus for the public and Steven. Steve, you and I will take a point for the Saints. So you guys want to look at the standings because I know Steve does. I was really pissed about that Saints-Bucks game. Like, the Buccaneers scored 17 points, and Jameis Winston still found a way to throw four interceptions. Like, come on. <laughs> Couldn't have had one less score, and it would have been under. Mike Evans didn't get his first catch till the second half, I think. I don't know what they're doing over there, but Byron Leftwich needs to figure it out. Anyways, the standings. Steve in the basement, 45 points. Go me. I am just I above three him. three goddamn points this week. <laughs> so did I. I'm at 49 points, and the public has 53 points. Steven and his little dong sitting on top at 59 points. He has a 14-point lead over Steve in the basement. But week 12 slate, Steve is going to mash him up because Steven's not here tonight, so he forfeits his picks. Sucks to suck. Just kidding. I'll get Steven's picks and we'll plug him in. You guys won't know about him till next week, but whatever. Dolphins at the Browns. The Browns are a 10.5 point home favorite, 44.5 over under. The public is hopping on the Browns wagon and the over. Jesus. What say you, Soupy Sticks? 10.5 points. Uh... Well, no Miles Garrett this week, turns out. <laughs> Could make a difference on defense. Uh, I, but Jesus, this is rough. Um, I can't pick the Dolphins for anything, so I guess I'm going to go Browns, and I'm going to go under because I want to pick up a point on the public. <laughs> Steven has until this is posted, by the way, before he really forfeits his shit. Yep. <laughs> Ten and a half is a lot. The Brown, yeah, but the, they the also Dolphins just lost motivated. by... The Dolphins lost by 17 to the Bills last week, so... I want I think the Browns will win this game, but I don't know if they're going to cover ten and a half. Ugh, that's a huge spread. That's what she said. <laughs> but you know what? I heard this advice on a podcast. When you're betting against the spread, if you don't think the underdog can win outright, don't take them. So I'm going to go Browns under. They are just going to win 14 to nothing. Ralph. All right, and Steven picked. I don't know who I picked. I'll get back to you. All right, Packers at the Niners. Dolphin shits. Sunday night football. Ow, dick bitcher. Uh, the old cheese gold. Hit my cheese tooth gold. off the microphone. That hurt. Well, All right, the Niners. The microphone. <laughs> I know. Hungry. The Niners are a three-point <laughs> favorite. <laughs> 47 over under. Niners and over for the public. I am going to go pack. Go. Oh, no. And I am going over as well because points on points on points. Yeah. Combine these teams score 54 and a half points a game. So tough to go against. 
picking the over here. Even though it's climbing, when these games climb near 50, it's kind of sketchy making that pick. But I got to pick the Niners, and I'll take the over. The Niners and the over. And uh, we can just say Steven's going to take the Packers. We just don't know about the over-under. If he takes the Niners, I'm going to dick punch him. <laughs> All right, so Seahawks coming to the link to face the Eagles. I don't know what planet we're on, but the Eagles are a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The over-under is 49. And even more baffling is the public on the Eagles and the over overwhelmingly on the Eagles, too, by, like, 13%. That's pretty crazy. Very strange. Um, I'm going to root my butt here. Eagles and under. I feel like every time I take the Eagles, they lose. Oh, yeah? I, I took the Bills. And the Eagles beat them. <laughs> and you taking the Eagles every other time, and they've lost every time. No, <laughs> <laughs> the theory's not working. <laughs> They're five hundred, so I guess you're like even if you picked them every week, you'd you'd be half and half. <laughs> <laughs> True. You know what? Whatever. E a g l e s, Eagles over, in a shootout. J.J. Ortega Whiteside, game-winning touchdown. Boom! Know why they call them the Seahawks? Because they watch the Eagles fly by them. Boom! Roasted. No, because if they flew over the Bay, they'd be the Bayhawks. Hashtag dag jokes. Panthers at the Saints in this week's Pandering to Sean's Wife Game of the Week. The Saints are a 10-point home favorite, 47 over-under. The public is on the Saints and the over. The public is all over the over this week. Jesus. I don't believe in Kyle Allen worth a shit after the last (laughs) couple weeks. Uh, my only hope here is to hit it. So I'm going to go Saints under just to try to pick up a point. Yeah, that was my thought process too. I don't know. I've, the Saints could probably score 47 by themselves. If the you know everything's working out. I know they had a stanker there against the Falcons a couple weeks ago. but This game will end 40-6. to six. <laughs> Hopefully, that would be great. So long as the Saints get the 40. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am the king of the castle. Well, folks, we didn't win Mega Millions this week, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Joint Practices Podcast. It has been episode 66 on the podcast for fans, by fans, and all that good stuff. Hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. I'm at 11 the Goat. Steven at Steven JPP and Super Salad Steve Knox at The Knox says. Soup, hit him with a fresh grizzle. Oh, we got nine days until Thanksgiving. How crazy is that? My Christmas tree is up. You're an asshole. <laughs> and decorated, as yeah, is my I, living room. 
That was our hashtag last week. Was put your Christmas tree. Was it last week or the week before? Get your tree up or get your Christmas tree up. Put your Christmas. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I didn't have a Christmas tree up, but somebody bought me a big friggin' Santa that's standing next to my front porch. I can see him right now. He's creepy as fuck. He's got some Christmas lights on him. Santa! I know him! Yeah. Hey, uh. If you like to play on Twitter, these hashtags continue to get better and better. I hope at least we get a chuckle out of somebody since nobody wants to use the fucking things. <laughs> but this week, use the hashtag JiggleJuice. Yeah. Apparently, that's like any form of alcohol for Sean because it'll get him <laughs> dancing real quick. But that lets us know. Ginger needs to get his jiggle juice. <laughs> that lets us know that... uh. You listen to this episode, um, leave a nice little message with it. Hey, this is really cool, not having Steven there again this week. Didn't have to <laughs> listen to him just coddle Aaron Rodgers and cup his balls. Wait for the day you create a burner account to just shit on Steven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't I don't have enough time to do that. I'm stick knock. Three three five zero five 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 nine with no profile picture and no followers, no tweets. That's like all the. Have you seen the AB burner account? Stuff? Yes, it's so bad. <laughs> the best part about it. So they've had like four or five confirmed quote unquote uh, burner accounts from uh, Antonio Brown, and they all have the egg picture still as the profile picture. <laughs> yes, but he's. He's so dumb that he puts his real birthday in for all of them. <laughs> Dead giveaway there, dummy. I know you can Google, you know, an athlete's birthday, but that, oh. I mean, that's next level stuff right there. One of them is his middle name. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> what a horseshoe crab. But I love to, like, you read all of the... Uh, the tweets that come from these burner accounts and you know it's it's bad grammar <laughs> weird english i don't <laughs> words i don't understand and then oh, you go back to his regular account and it's like i'm very sorry for the way that i've acted recently you know i've just had a lot on my mind and i'd really like to get another opportunity in this league who tweeted that one for him cuz it wasn't him i know it wasn't yeah <laughs> somebody commented on something about him and he he's like AB score mad touchdowns, you weird brown or Barney looking mother or something like that. And I was just like, what the hell? The guy's name was <laughs> the guy's name was Brandon. Oh, we called him a weird Barnaby looking dude or something like that. I was like, his name's Brandon, not Barnaby, you bonehead. What? I don't know. Did you see he even came out uh, just today, I think, and apologized on Instagram to Robert Kraft. Yep. And listen, he also listen, posted. That's not. It's, what? He posted a ton of screenshots on his Instagram of him photoshopped into Eagles jerseys with Eagles fans being like, "Save us, AB, we need you." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you don't go apologize to Robert Kraft on Instagram if you want your job back. You invite him to your Asian massage parlor. That's how you <laughs> win him over. <laughs> Bold move, AB, but that's not the way to Robert's heart. That's not going to do it for you, Abe. 
sucks when these uh, these athletes go crazy. Because <laughs> I mean, he could make a difference, a huge difference for one. Yeah, he could, uh, you know, a guy that can make a huge difference for somebody, and it's just the personality just gets in the way. Can you believe they put a man on the moon? <laughs> we landed on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> World's best cup of coffee. Way to go! Congratulations. Love you. Have a good night. Fly goes fly. Skull Vikings on the bye week. And no, whatever Pat, the 49ers no. thing is. <laughs> Dig gold. <laughs> Keep digging, Niners. Yeah. <laughs> it would be something like that. Keep digging. <laughs> it's like tighten right. up. Like you couldn't have figured out something you know, a little bit better. Nope. In the music tires. That's the music scene. <laughs> talking about Dallas. Talking about playoffs. <laughs> we out. Yeah.